Hello, once again, this is Our Culture Frame with Abby and Danielle. And in this episode of the podcast, we are going to be talking about the idea of the stereotype image of the strong black woman. That's also has been referred to as black superwoman. Um, I can do by myself. I can do bad all by myself. Uh, I can do bad all by myself. Um, and so we want to talk about this. Um, we're gonna, as we've been doing uh, in the podcast, we've been using films uh, primarily. We use media to talk about these uh, larger issues, broader issues, uh, broader ideas. And so we're gonna use fences. Uh, the the uh, adaptation of August Wilson's play um, that was directed by Denzel Washington, also starring Denzel Washington and Viola Davis. Um, so, but our primary objective, our primary goal is to talk about and so this idea of the strong black woman and also how it relates to our own ways of thinking about ourselves um, as black women and then also thinking about how others might perceive us all these different dimensions that we're going to talk about in this episode so um, what I want to do before I uh, throw it over to Abby is I want to read uh, a characterization of one type of strong black woman that Patricia Hill Collins talks about in her book Black Feminist Thought, where she she's outlining um, black feminist thought um, and how and controlling images, um, and then also how black women conceptualize themselves, their community um, can sort of theorize about their own lives and and theorize about how others see them and. All these different things. But in this book, she talks about the super strong black mother. Um, and the super strong black mother um, is a, con- a, a controlling image. A controlling image uh, is one that is is essentially a stereotype, but it controls or it, it limits the way that you are able to navigate a particular world, particularly if a society puts you in a a specific box right and you deviate from that particular box for instance um i'll give an an example of uh uh blackness as as being either dangerous particularly black men um, like the black buck um, being dangerous um, hypersexual versus a Tom character who is essentially asexual and um, just happy-go-lucky and just super benevolent, right? Between those, there's 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 no in between, right? You're either the the super always smiling, um, 
happy-go-lucky sort of Tom sort of character, which is is the one that's accepted by the dominant society, considering that, you know, you sort of accept your place of inferiority. And, and so in that way, you're not dangerous. Right. You step out of that in any way, in any way, you, you put a, a toenail outside of that, and now you're considered dangerous. And you're, you're, for another way of saying, you're considered dangerous and, and ready to be hunted or mm. because, because you have to be controlled. Um, and so these controlling images are ones that, that place and, and confine, particularly uh, uh, Patricia O'Connor is talking about black women, uh, confining black women to these sort of stereotypes, trying to identify, clearly identify and, and, and restrict black women um, in these ways. So long way to say, uh, she says that the, the controlling image of the super strong black mother praises black women's resiliency in a society that routinely paints us as bad mothers. Yet in order to remain on their pedestal, these same super strong black mothers must continue to place their needs behind those of everyone else, especially their sons. And so in this, they have to take, they're endowed with this idea of devotion, self-sacrifice, unconditional love, which is positive to a fault, right? Mm -hmm. They're not then allowed to be um self-caring they're they're they they they're not then allowed to be um uh, to make mistakes they're they're not allowed to um cry right that these these sort of human um ways of expressing and human ways of being they're superhuman they're they're above they're 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 um uh, transcending humanness which puts a weight, added weight, onto black women, this super strong, super woman, black woman, which is ideal outside of, is, is, is an ideal that confines, is still confined, even if it is it, this, I don't know if we can say positive, negative, mm-hmm. but it, it's a confining, it continues to confine um, the way that the ways that black women can navigate and understand their own lives right they, mm-hmm. they, they have to be this self-sacrificial even to their detriment even if the people around them particularly you know they talk about the black sons specifically in relation to like um, you know achieving uh racial for the entire race black women taking sort of a backseat um and and being sort of a a stepping stone for black men Mm -hmm. to have access to power so all of that to say let's talk (laughs) about this strong black woman Abby (laughs) um where do you want me to start from um, just what is your perspective or conception of this 
type, right? We've said a lot about different types. So super, superwoman, uh, black superwoman, um, strong black woman, um, strong black mother, um, all of these things coming together. And how, how do you conceptualize this idea? Um, I think it's like, it's, there's, I don't like if using this word today, dichotomy, but I think there's a dichotomy to it, to it really, because, so, there, there's a such, there's such a thing as being strong, right, um, and again, um, I'll refer to Birth of a Nation, the super racist film that was made in, uh, 1915 I believe right so it, it represents um, I feel like that's actually where this representation kind of starts to be highlighted in film um, the, the difference between a strong uh, black woman and this like frail and frail person that needs to be protected all the time um, so in, in Beth of a Nation I'm, I'm sure I've talked about this before you know um this is super there's this young girl um emma what's her name um uh, she's oh, let's just say there's a young maid little sister are you talking about little sister little sister the one who jumps off the cliff mm, i think her name is little sister i'm not yeah, sure her name was emma for some reason but i, I think i'm making that up uh-huh. <laughs> um give a name yeah <laughs> But anyways, um, so little sister, you know, is like being in court pursued in her mind by this black dude. So she jumps off a cliff and, you know, even the jumping off the cliff is like super dramatic, right? She's like, oh, I'm frail. I think this guy wants to kill me. I'm going to jump off a cliff. And she dies, right? And that in the film it's the beginning of the KKK because her brother comes and he's like, how did this black man try to kill my sister or whatever? And then he puts on the white hood, he and his little friends, and then they go try to kill the white, the, 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 the person they think is guilty, guilty. But essentially, like we talked about when we both took this class, History of African-American Representation in Film, is that in that film, the representation of, and it's not a black-white thing, really, but the representation of this girl is, like, she's weak, she needs to be protected, so the knight in shining armor has to show up, right? And in the film, of course, I feel like black women are absent, and even when, they, when they're present, you know, they're slaves, they're servants and they don't look pretty right so and and from there you can see that she's strong but even in that film the black woman is protecting this frail girl right and then if you look at the, the, the from there the succession of representation in film uh we're talking about Valerie Davis right but usually in film not all the time but in a lot of films she's been in and I'm not talking about her, about her as a person, but the character she plays. She's a strong woman, so she's someone who can take care of herself. She doesn't need a knight in shining armor. When a knight in shining armor shows up, cool. But she cries, but she still, she always has to pick herself up and, and put herself last and everybody else first, right? So even when she cries, she cries in her room or she cries maybe with her other uh, black sisters, but she still picks herself up and, and, and nobody comes to her rescue, right? And so there's that representation of the strong woman. 
Right. And then there are people who just naturally, like Daniel and I talk about as women, like we're not very often would you I mean I don't mean very often hardly would you see us just like crash and cry like oh my god I don't know what to do with my life and I'm stuck I mean we have those feelings but we don't express them in that like highly emotional way and so people just put it in quote and just say oh you're strong you're, you're acting strong and I'm like no it, that's not what it is I'm me it doesn't mean I don't hurt. It doesn't mean I don't have all those things I'm processing. It's just that the way I express my emotions is different. And we have to respect that as a society. You know, we just play strong on certain people and we expect that they shouldn't need help because they express their emotions in certain ways different from people who just like cry all the time. Due respect to people who do that. No shade intended. <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of shade, but whatever. Um, sorry. Um, oops. Uh, but really, uh, so to go back to the film representation of a strong black woman, she is not allowed to to take time time out for herself. She always has to put everybody else um, first, right? And when she cries, her tears are like within the confines of her privacy or within a specific protected space. Um, but the problem with that is that I feel like I feel like it's complex right being strong is complex because i don't i don't know how to explain this then you'll help me out i feel like you, you kind of know what i'm saying like being sh- you can be strong but you can also be emotional thank you you can be strong but you can also be emotional right and by you mean emotional you can be strong but you can also have emotions but a lot of times the stereotype of strong when people put that strong on you it means you do not have emotions it means that the right for you to have emotions or the right the right for you to be human has kind of been ignored so everybody expects you to suck it up everybody expects you to deal with it Um, because you're always also dealing with it everybody expects that you always will right and that's a huge huge problem because some of us in court are not strong in the sense of the stereotype but we have that outlook the way we talk even our voices alone is like flat you know it's just like yeah you know so all of those things um allude and allow us to come on that stereotype of oh she's a strong woman and when you're put under that umbrella it's like you're right to be human and emotional is kind of ignored right so yeah yeah so that's so that's the problem i feel like i'm rambling no i no you're you're making valid points because this is this is the other thing with oh um, i forgot about fences there was and there's fences yeah so yeah we can use that as a framework like fences like supplies her husband is cheating on her and at the point when i saw this movie i was mad i was mad when she found her husband was cheating on her she cried and he still went ahead to be with this other lady um so to be with this other girl the side chick he still went ahead to do the side chick and then she said she was going to take care of the baby my problem wasn't the fact that she decided to take care of the baby my problem was the fact that she just kept taking everything in right she kept, and I feel like culturally for whether you're African-American, you're African, you have some black blood in you, like whatever. I know my PhD student, I shouldn't make black, black segments like that. But you have some of this uh, 
you know, color. You have color. <laughs> I'm joking. But for we men who are like matrix or whatever, you're, you're just expected to just like suck it in, just suck, suck everything in and just solve all problems, right? And that pissed me off in the film because I'm like, this is not fair on her, right? Like, I know she cried. It's not really about crying, but she was treated in a wrong way by her husband but culturally you know it says that oh because you want your marriage to survive and because you want and i'm not saying destroy a marriage but let her express her pain you know like let it out but what pisses me off is i feel like that's why i uh, refer to birth of a nation in birth of a nation it seems like if you're from um, and I, I don't like the fact that I'm making this a race thing. I really don't like it because they're also uh, strong people, no, no matter what race, the stereotype applies to different races, right? But in Birth of a Nation, it seemed like because this girl um, and Dr. Lawrence talks about this in class, you know, she looks a specific way. She has that privilege to be weaker, to want to one of fall and to be caught by the night, right? But if you look at, uh, you know, other Black women in film, already the role and the character you're playing in that film, you got to show up to work at 5 a.m. Ain't nobody care mm-hmm. if... I don't know your car broke down you see people who be like okay fine my car broke down I got a problem solved I got a problem solved and I got to show up to work you're not giving that privilege to just like to be human to be a woman I don't know to be human I, I think I'm not doing a good job of expressing what I mean because I'm this is like emotional well, let's yeah so I'm yeah maybe I'm just gonna handle that to you <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. This is, let's go back for a minute to the birth of a nation um, and the idea of protecting white womanhood, right? This 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 fragile white womanhood is one that feminism to um, undercut and challenge, right? This that's um, and I say feminism because feminism largely particularly in the u.s historically has been white feminism so that straight up right there um we talk about black feminism i read from black feminist thought um um womanist um and womanism is is one that's particularly related to black women but um what i want to do really quickly um talk about uh it's sad that it's not sad but again it just seems like time is not always on our side (laughs) but i really want you to what you want to say because it's really important so bear with us on this one right and and, okay so this is this is what i want to do really quickly is i want to um talk about sojourner truth for a second because sojourner truth um, was one who um, very very intelligent. Um, she was uh, born into slavery, 1797. Um, she, of course, in slavery, treated, um, but she delivered a speech 
1851 um, at a women's rights convention, okay? Um, and this was in Ohio. And at this convention, she, 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 um, she didn't write the speech down. Um, she sort of was listening um, to, to what all these women are talking about. They want women's rights, they want women's rights. Um, and, and thinking particularly about white women's rights, right? Black women have had a different history, um, particularly in, in the U.S., um, particularly thinking about slavery and this, this them, them having different value in, in society. And so she said, uh, Sojourner Truth, she said, uh, you know, that man over there says that women need to be helped in the carriages and lifted over ditches and to have the best place everywhere. Nobody ever helps over mud puddles or gives me any place. Mm. And ain't I a woman? Look at me. Look at my arm. I have plowed and planted and gathered into barns and no man could head me. And ain't I a woman? I work as much as a man when I could get it and bear the lash as well. And ain't I a woman? I have borne 13 children and seen most of all sold off the And I cried out with my mother's grief. None but Jesus heard me. And ain't I a woman? <laughs> so, like, when we're talking about this, we see... Nobody but Jesus helps help me is that a lot of times they're just talking off to prayer. I, I feel like this has to be three episodes because I'm a little bit pissed off. Like, we're talking off to prayer and we which prayer is good, but then um, you also, the support that, you know, frail folk get, you don't get because you're just like, oh yeah, just go pray about it and just act like you're strong. Oh yeah, I have a good example for this, which I can't talk about right now. But, you know, there's that expectation that you just suck it up to prayer and be strong and put on a happy face and just keep living. And I will say, we're not allowed to curse on this program, so I will not say that word, but that's nonsense, right? Because this is how, uh, especially people of color, start uh, have like have struggle with mental issues, and we don't even want to acknowledge that or anxiety or whatever, because you keep sucking it up. <laughs> don't suck it up. Sorry, I just mm-hmm. that, that's what she said. Like, oh, something only Jesus heard me. So true. And and oh, yeah. and and really, the problem what she's she's talking about from experience. So Genesis is talking from experience. She's also talking um, about this this sort of uh, I want to say double standard, um, but really what what the issue is here is this um, not allowing black women to be nuanced. And when you do that, when you when you when you shove to um, uh, this this sort of strong box, right? people continue to pile onto that box because they consider that box, you know, they, they say, oh, you're fine, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to keep continue to put the type of pressure on this box that this this box does okay, I keep talking about Black women as a box, and that's a problem. What I'm trying to say, when you don't recognize and when, when Black women aren't allow the nuance 
aren't allowed the 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 moments of frailty. Not saying that black women are frail. Black women are strong, but when you're not allowed those moments of frailty, when you're not allowed that humanness, it takes away from your own subjectivity. Um, and, and it allows or it encourages people to continue to treat that black woman as an object, as a, as, as, as a stepping stone, um, as opposed to as a human who need, has all of these dimensions. It, it, it denies the, the, the dimensionality I talked about in an earlier episode um, on representation about having you know, three dimensionality and four, I, I'm at four or five dimensionality because that is a part of being human. That's a part of having your personhood recognized. And that's, that's really what I would say this, these sorts of types and these sorts of controlling images, that's where they, while, you know, on one hand, some who 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 want women to uh, you know want the opposite of the the, the women and frailty um, have sort of not recognized that black women haven't been able to haven't had the privilege of being frail. That's weird. Um. That's true. It's true. It's true. We haven't had that. I mean, and a lot of people will say, um, just exercise your agency, you know. Um, Um, Don't wait for it to be given to you. But the problem is that for, for a lot of people, it's almost like you don't have an option. I think about a single black mother who is raising maybe even little black or teenage black boys. It's like you gotta teach them about what's going on in society today. Um, you gotta feed your family. So you're not only struggling with like um, money and stuff, you're also struggling with like cultural things. You're also worrying about what may happen to them, you know, and it's just like uh, all of these things jumbled up together. So for her, she's like, I have to, I have to be strong. I don't want to see my sons, I don't want my sons to see me break down. I have to do this, right? So it's always um, that sometimes we're like, well, just do it. Yes, you can just do it. But sometimes the way the environment is framed sometimes can confine you to act in a certain way right and we push back right we all push back we're proactive right so that's we're pushing back through this podcast too in, in a subtle way or, or relevant right so you push back but the question is we need to address the structures and these things that um makes the situation the way it is right and maybe in a subsequent podcast that's something that i talk about like what structures are in place that actually encourage this um, strong black woman or strong woman stereotype, right? So, so that's like a way to dig deeper into that. Yeah. So, any thoughts around that? 
Yeah, so as we round off this discussion, um, and this will be a you know a discussion for another day, um, but I want to just point out that when we think about this strong Black woman, oftentimes um, the you know stereotypes relate to others, as as I pointed out earlier, and so. Oftentimes when we think about this strong black woman from the outside, particularly from, uh, you know, people in power positions and, and dominant positions can then see that strength um, as uh, enacted, perhaps, you know, as not only dangerous, not only threatening, but also angry. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And so we transition then, like I said, controlling images, you then, you know, that idea transitions and, and relates to the idea of an angry black woman. And so that's a, that for another day. Um, but as we round off, just think about those um these types think about controlling images, these controlling images that don't allow, um, that don't allow nuance, that when when you see nuance, you try to place it into a, a, a different box and create a new stereotype um, in order to, to really confine and control. But um, yeah, so that, rounds off this episode um uh, frame so once again thank you for listening and join us again next week